Hello from the sunny beaches of St. Kitts and Nevis. Welcome to Dextrocardia, your one-stop shop podcast for everything related to life as a Caribbean medical student. I'm your host, Nihal Satyadev, a second-year medical student at the University of Medicine and Health Sciences. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed by guests of this podcast do not reflect the opinions or views of any institution or professional organization. Now, let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hey, so uh, my name is Aaron D'Souza. I'm a MS2 student at University of Medical and Health Sciences, Medicine and Health Sciences, sorry. Um, I was born in India, and then I lived in Dubai for a little bit and the United Arab Emirates. But then I moved over to Canada when I was like in grade four. Uh, besides that, I love watching soccer, playing it. Uh, indoor climbing and hiking. Um, at UMHS, I've been like doing a number of things, uh, but most notably in um, in the in my clubs and extracurriculars, uh, I I joined Brainstorms, and that's more of the like a club that really enhances your soft skills as a as a doctor. So like a huge part of it is just simply presenting cases. Right, you'll come up, uh, you'll choose like a case, and then you just present it to a, to like who is there that day, um, during like your lunch hour or whatever. Um, besides that, uh, there's also this international brain B competition that we are part of. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of lecturing for that in neuroscience. Um, yeah, and then I've been joining the soccer team for UMHS, and yeah. So yeah, I remember when we played pickup soccer together. That was a uh... A lot of fun back in the days before COVID. Um, and I know you're a Chelsea fan, so that's very unfortunate. But <clears throat> I guess we can't all be Liverpool fans. Yeah, of course right. Yeah, like you. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, it'll be really helpful to know a little bit more about uh, how genetics is structured as a class, just so we can get a background. Of what to expect going into the class and the sort of material that's covered each block. So um, the genetics course at UMHS is is pretty good. It, it's very um, logical in how they set it up. Really, it starts with the dogma, which is your first few um, first couple lectures or first lecture, but then it goes over like cytological cytological techniques. And then it moves over to chromosomal abnormalities, so like large scale, as in like um, the genome like breaks or whatever, or whatever else like um, Robertsonian translocation and so on and so forth, right? So that's large scale. Then it just it goes smaller and smaller, like every block, right? So that that was first block I just described. Um, then your so second block, which is the techniques that you said. Did you say? psychological techniques or cytogenetic techniques i didn't quite hear that I, I said cytological oh cytological okay yeah that makes sense um right and then like throughout all this you're learning diseases right so you got to remember um like like Cree du Chat and and like DeGeorge syndrome and so on and so forth but then second block when you get there now you're really doing that what like most people think of genetics, like genetic disorders and uh, inheritance and things like that. You're connecting these concepts 
and also like other patterns of inheritance or patterns of like um, simple like patterns within a disease, such as like um, allelic heterogeneity, stuff like that. Um, and in this block especially, you have to learn a ton of diseases. So I would definitely say this one was one of the harder blocks. Um, and a lot of times, it's okay, we'll get to that later. Um, third block is about looking, it's going to be adding to your pre-existing knowledge about probabilities and just using uh, inheritance patterns to like predict um, like whether a child will have a disease or not, or yeah, or something of that, um, or whether like, or gene mapping, for example. And then you also dive into cancer genetics, as well as uh, prenatal development and uh, developmental genetics. And then finally, fourth block is, is more of a relaxed block compared to the others, because it's in that within that two week period for UMHS, where it's pretty intense right before exams. Um, but you'll be co covering things like genetic counseling and as well as risk assessment and personalized medicine. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty comprehensive overview. Uh, so which of the blocks, I know you said block two was tough. Why did, what was like tough about block two? Was it just the amount of material or was it the, uh, <clears throat> I remember that in that block we did a lot of the diagramming um, and a lot of the math of inheritance. Uh, mm -hmm. So would you say that's the more difficult part or was it just the sheer number of diseases? Um, personally, for me, it was the sheer number of diseases um, because like once you get that math down and like the inheritance down, those questions are like key for you. Like they're, they're so simple for you because once you get that down and you understand the concepts, they're give me's. Like you're literally, you're like kind of thankful for them. Um, but what's also important to like consider is that during this time that like during block two, not only are you getting a lot of diseases, but all your other courses like histo and biochem and immuno, at least at UMHS, uh, will be also like kind of at their peak in terms of the amount of information you're receiving. Right. So, uh, that's what I thought was most, uh, intensive block for those reasons. Yeah, and at UMHS, it's a three-unit course, right, genetics. Um, do you feel like the material that is given in this course correlates to it being a three-unit versus some of the, you know, bigger courses like anatomy or like 11 units? And obviously anatomy is just a behemoth amount of material. But would you say that, like, the units equate to the amount of material given in the course? Oh, uh, definitely not because uh, this will definitely sneak up on you because it's very intensive in the number of diseases you learn. Um, while like, it'll, it, like for me at least, my studying for biochem was almost equivalent to the studying for uh, genetics and the credits are nowhere the same. There, biochem was seven credits, this was three credits. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like I used to think that I'll just allocate the amount of time based on units. But once we got to this semester, learned very quickly that that was not at all the way to go about it. Um, so yeah, I agree. Genetics is, it's a lot of material. So given that it was so much material, given that it was also involving a lot of math, um, what are some of the things that you personally did that you think are like really keys to success? 
So for me, um, like, like I said, for me, the math wasn't that hard because I try to get those concepts down early. And I think that's definitely key. So our profs, they were awesome. They gave us practice questions. Um, you could just go in with them if you, if you need to, and they'll explain the concept to you, uh, which I highly um, recommend. Going and then, sorry? Going into office hours? Yeah, office hours, or and even now in terms of COVID, you can uh, schedule your own time with them as well. Okay. Um, and, and just uh, for the math, just so that we can dive into that a little bit more, uh, like initially, I wouldn't have an idea of exactly how math is used in genetics. So can you give like a little bit of a background on just what kind of concepts use math? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, so um, whenever you have like, suppose like you're a doctor and um, a family comes into your house, or sorry, into your clinic, and um, they can't, they're expecting a child, right? Um, based on their disease or their family history, they might be suspicious of a certain disease coming in. Uh, I mean, that might be affecting this child, right? So it's kind of your job to really like look at look into their diseases and um, like just their family history, their pedigree, and understand like what they're susceptible to, what the child might have or might not have, and then also give them like directions on how to deal with that those kinds of things if they come up. Right. So math is really important in terms of actually determining the possibility that this child will have a certain disease. Right. If your mom has if your mom is a um, like heterozygous uh, or the carrier of something of a certain disease, there's many diseases, any autosomal, sorry, any recessive disease you, you're, uh, you can be a carrier. Right. There'll be carriers. If your mom is carrying something, she won't sh she won't show it, but she might pass it down to you. And then your dad, if he's maybe a carrier, if it's autosomal recessive, then uh, the same thing might happen, right? Then what is your chance of getting a disease? It would be like one out of four, or uh, it just depends on the actual disease. All right. Okay. And, yeah. So step one, get the math down really quick. And then mm -hmm. what else beyond that? So beyond that, there's, for me, there's one especially important thing was having one um, reference to look at. So what I did was I created a book with all the diseases in it, right? So rather than flipping through different slides and through different PowerPoints, I could just go back to this one book, right? So anytime I'm doing questions, I can go back to the book if I get something wrong, right? Or add, add to the book or um, just simply go review, right? The same thing can be done on a computer, just use the table. So you mean you wrote out like, and a physical like journal entry kind of thing and like a notebook yeah exactly um writing really helps memorize stuff so um sometimes like especially in undergrad i used to write a lot um for memorization um i'd recommend first um like practicing like whatever you're gonna write down in your head first so that when you're writing it down it's not gonna be word for word you're writing down the key points and um, like triggers that will help you recall the other pieces of information that are necessary. Yeah, that's a really good tip. I think some of the old school study methods are still, they work for ages for a reason. <laughs> yeah, man. There's yeah. nothing wrong with writing things down. So uh, I like that. 
Um, so <clears throat> those sound like some really key tips to success, but what about like on the flip side, what should people avoid doing uh, in order to not falter in genetics or what kind of things do you see certain students who you TA'd that have uh, not ended up doing well in the class? Um, so, well, firstly is like, Try not to stress too much because that's really gonna put a dent in your plans and your ability to actually take in material, right? Important thing is to like make sure keep make sure you keep going, right? Um, secondly, a lot of people don't ask questions when they have them, and they might end up forgetting them rather than writing them down or something. Even if you don't want to ask in front of the class, at least write down your questions so you can go to the prof later and ask them. Um, use the props for sure, because a lot of people don't use the props as well. Um, and especially for concepts that you don't understand. When, when comparing two things, like a lot of the times there's like pretty similar concepts and there'll be only a single change that defines both concepts, right? And those are crucial. And the prof wants you to understand that. And they'll definitely ask you a question that, that'll um, like distinguish that that will require you to distinguish the two concepts. Um, so those are pretty important. Like make sure you identify those things and then um, go from there, like seek out the help you need. Um, yeah, I think that's. How often did you end up going to office hours for genetics or just in general? How often do you usually go? So at first in like MS1, like the beginning of MS1, I didn't go that often, but um, towards like my second my uh, second semester there while I was doing genetics and immuno and all that, I was going more often, or at least I would uh, email them to make sure like I got my answers in. Um, but yeah, and also like for me, it was also, I did get, I, I was a bit um, like, for me, I was decent. I had decent base in genetics. So that's kind of helped me a little bit in terms of from undergrad, but uh, it definitely helped me to clear out things when I went to the prof. Because a lot of times, if you know something from undergrad, sometimes it will be a hindrance if it's if it's wrong or if it's like a pro a fundamental problem, right? So make sure you clear out your like um, biases or um, any misunderstandings you may have. And so, how often? Does that mean you end up going like once a week, twice a week? Oh, yeah, week? I um I usually went once in two weeks once because that way that way like I get enough questions in uh, to not I like, can not waste their time. Yeah, and then just ask them all at once. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. And then on the flip side, on weekly you have TA reviews, right? So, what did you go over? Obviously, you were TA last semester. Um, so what did you go over in your TA reviews? So our TA reviews were basically, um, is, is very like question-based, right? So we'd have question and then we'd, um, we'd like go over the answer with the students, like why each one is wrong, why, why the right one's correct, right? And anything in, within that topic that they would, that they should look out for, right? So like whether... Uh, something can be confused with another disease or uh, in like that, those type of like details. Um, 
yeah and then besides that basically what we did uh, if we found if we if we if we know a um, topic is very difficult or like a lot of people have challenges with it rather than just going and doing questions straight away I we would actually like take the time to like talk about it at first and then go on to questions um, and we usually cover around two lectures per um, per like TA review because you usually cover like two PowerPoints, sorry, not two lectures. Um, we cover around two PowerPoints, at least in terms of you and me, in, in terms of our class. Perfect. Yeah. So if I'm coming to your review, should I just attend? Is that the best way to make the most out of the review sessions? Or now you've probably attended review sessions for a number of classes. Uh, not just on the teaching side, but also the attending side. So what can students do to make the most out of TA reviews? So, um, like, I didn't do this personally, but I think it would help. Um, if you, like, were able to review the material before coming to the TA review so that you can, you can, like, answer the questions well, but also you'll find out, like, exactly where you're going wrong or thing or, like, misunderstandings you may have. But even if you don't review before coming, like it's still very beneficial to actually just come because you're providing yourself with that review that you may not um, like do on your own, right? So like you want to get in as many reviews as possible and your and this TA review might serve as one of them. And I'm not saying that the TA review would go over everything you've covered in class, but it certainly goes over a lot of high yield topics and uh, points out some of the things that are um, more like high, points out the high yield topics basically, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we've kind of gone over a lot of different things in terms of doing well, what to avoid to not do well, uh, but for students who maybe haven't taken genetics yet or they're gonna be taking genetics soon, are there things they can do before the class starts and what resources should people get before the class starts in order to really just hit the ground running from day one? So, um, at least in terms of resources, right? So you wanna stick with first aid. Um, and as you're going through class, you wanna make sure you're writing in it, right? Um, but before before like the class even starts, um, you could it's you could do inheritance right because those are very those are topics that are covered in multi, in a number of locations right you can go to Khan academy you can go to um like kaplan they all they can all, all teach you how to do like inheritance or like basic concepts that you're going to be covering in um genetics another thing i i did though i didn't really before the class i didn't really um prepare for genetics what i did was prepare for immuno so if you can lower the burden, like lessen the burden in other courses, it could still really help you in genetics. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, a really good tip because at least here at UMHS, the, we take genetics in a semester where at minimum you're taking three, four other classes, something like that. Uh, you're taking three other classes, yeah. yeah. Other classes. So it's a, <clears throat> it's a lot of material all at once. Um, and definitely a big ramp up from the semester before. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the biggest uh, point, right? Like the ramp up from the first semester to second semester was 
pretty big for sure. Awesome. And then now you're you're done. You finished genetics now two semesters ago. You TA'd last semester. So outside of TAing, what kind of ways can people, what kind of things can students be doing to make sure that they are keeping this material fresh as a step comes closer and closer? So I would definitely say um, you want to do questions, right? Like questions are very, like, you want to try to do questions from Kaplan, try to do as many Q banks as possible, right? And maybe do it like subject specific, or maybe do one or two subjects when you're doing it. So suppose you do 40, uh, 40 questions, right? A full session, maybe do um, like genetics and immuno, something like that. So you're mixing it up and you're not just going to be zoning in on genetics, right? You're mixing it up, making sure you're on your toes while you're doing this uh, session. Um, but also like, if it's a concept you have trouble with, um, you can definitely go to the profs. I, as a TA myself, um, last semester, I actually did go to the profs. Like I just, I just asked them if I could um, have a Zoom meeting with them. And then um, whenever they could, they definitely did. And they explained topics like uh, genetic mapping and so on and so forth, right? Um, although like some, some things might not be as high yield, you still want to know them to maximize that score, right? So yeah, so ask props and make sure you're doing questions because doing that is most important. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, I think I've definitely had a few instances where I've gone back and asked a professor from a previous class just because I got a question about it or something. And I was like, okay, I just need to go back and ask them. And they're super, super down to help out. and get you the answers you need. So I think that's so important. There shouldn't be any inhibition to, to ask them. Um, so I think you've given us a lot of really good tips here. Uh, any other thoughts that you want to leave us off on? So what's important is that you choose a study method that's comfortable for you. When I wrote stuff down, I really made sure to minimize the things I was writing down because you really can't write everything in med school down. Um, it's just, it's just gonna take way too much time. Anki is also great, uh, but back in semester two, I wasn't very comfortable with it. And when I got to semester three and I started using it more for micro, that's when I really got used to it. Secondly, for genetics, um, this might seem obvious, but it's very important for genetics, is that, um, you basically need to really pay attention to the bolded words or like the highlighted words. Um, and a lot of the times what they'll do is they'll bring concepts from biochem or another subject in. And this is to supplement your, the con like to give you context for the disease, right? But if it's not bolded, you're not likely to be tested on it because it's not part of the genetics course. I mean, it's all interconnected in a way, but uh, here we're studying genetics specifically. So try to pay attention to the bullet words and you should do okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of Dextrocardia. If you have any questions or suggestions for us, we can be reached at dextrocardia.podcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to uh, sending out another episode next week. Thank you so much.